Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And you know, Casey, yesterday was a big day down there at the State House. A lot of red-shirted teachers oh, were there. Oh, those angry red-shirted teachers <laughs> were there. And I figured, well, let's get a full recap on what the angry red-shirted teachers want. And when we talk education, there's only one guy to go to. You can find him over at the DailySignal.com. He joins us now on the DriveHubler.com hotline. The one and only Tony Kennett. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, guys. How are you? I'm great. So you had an an actual run-in with the angry red-shirted teachers that I want to talk about here in just a moment. But first, what did they want yesterday? What were they there to do? Well, the Indiana State Teachers Association, or the, the National Education Association's wing in Indiana, they uh, like to provide live updates on all of the education bills happening. And because parents are so concerned about education, um, there are a lot of bills that are currently going through. And there's a guy that sits in the back of uh, the uh, House chamber, or the Senate chamber during committee, and he sends little live angry updates. It's really funny. His face scrunches up like a chicken's butt. It's really funny to watch um, from the press box, which is where I sit. And I got to say, yesterday, there wasn't a ton going on for them to get upset about, but they were very unhappy that career counselors might be required to give kids advice on career programs. Um, they say that would overwork them. So that's, that's, that's a fun one. Um, and then number two, they, they say that Senate Bill 46 would prevent teachers from speaking to their administrators, which is um, patently not true. In fact, some of the teachers that I met while walking into the state house told me that they had never actually read the bill they were going to protest. They had never <laughs> even been to the state house before, and that the ISTA just told them to come, and so they came. Yeah. So, th- so this is a real thing, right? So you you write for a, a group called the Daily Signal, DailySignal dot com, and you were just trying to be a polite reporter. You weren't trying to be a smartass like you do sometimes, and you were just <laughs> well, asking thanks. these these a- these angry red shirted teachers, "Can you explain to me why on the Senate Bill forty six what you're upset about, and they had no idea. Yeah, I was walking uh, from my car, actually, uh, down through downtown Indianapolis on an errand before I was supposed to be at the State House, and they were crossing the street, and on the way I saw, you know, the big red T-shirt, support public schools, and all this stuff. <laughs> and so just out of curiosity, I was like, hey, which bill are you guys going to protest? And they said Senate Bill 46. And I said, okay, what is the bill about? And they said education. And I refrained from <laughs> slamming my palm into my face. I said, yes, I, education bill, great. By the way, these are about two 35, 40-year-old women, um, to give you an idea. And then they said, well, it's about teachers. I'm like, yes, I, I am an education journalist. I figured it was about teachers and education. What does the bill say? What does it do? And they said, well, it keeps teachers from talking to administrators. I was like, well, that's very wild and probably not a thing. Uh, so what does the bill say? That What is the bill trying to accomplish? Usually they give a name to bills. Usually they actually have a, an analysis, a brief, an overview. And they looked at each other sheepishly. 
um, and said, we've never read the bill. We've actually never read. We, we just got an email from the ISTA. And so I reached out to a few friends of mine yesterday that are still in the ISTA, and they told me, yes, the Indiana State Teachers Association did send an email out that basically said, everyone is going to die. The education system is going to be destroyed if you don't show up at the state house today. Ah, uh, Tony, 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 this is perfect. Tony Kennett's our guest over at the DailySignal.com talking about uh, his encounters with the angry redshirted teachers yesterday. Tony just hit on something in case we've talked about this before. This is what public education does, and these people, uh, sheep was the word Tony used in terms of sheepishly, but sheep is the word, because I, I've told this before, I had this encounter, Tony, when I was all in elected office, and we had the audacity to tell the school corporation in Brownsburg, we're going to use tax increment finance money for the stuff it's supposed to be used for, building roads, bridges, sidewalks, instead of just giving it to you so you can continue to uh, put money at things that you didn't budget properly for. They sent 50 bus drivers into the town hall and convinced these bus drivers, you will be fired if Rob Kendall goes through with this. And I just looked at them and said, you're not going to be fired. This is ludicrous. But these people were crying. They were emotional. No bus drivers were fired. And I always laugh now when I see the bus drivers wanted signs all around Brownsburg. This is what these administrators and teachers union people do. And part of it's on the union members, right? Because they don't do the homework themselves. I mean, you would think after the 856th jump scare that you wouldn't actually be that scared anymore. I mean, how many times in the last couple of years have we have, we're supposed to have died several times, right? I mean, there was net neutrality, and and then we were if Trump this, and we were all going to die, and then there was World War Three, we were all going to die, and then the economy, we we're all going to die. I, at this point, I'm really concerned that I haven't died yet. I guess I'm just invincible. For these teachers Good that are still you. gullibly sucked into this, yes. Thank you. These teachers still sucked into this nonsense. I just got to wonder at this point, like, what could I tell you that you wouldn't believe? Is there anything? Yeah. Uh, Tony Kennett is our guest. You can find him at thedailysignal.com. All right. So, Kennett, I am, I, I'm not going to say I'm optimistic. I'm certainly not cautiously optimistic, but I'm saying at least they're hearing it. The Senate heard the bill that would make the school board races partisan. Any chance we can get that out of committee so we can pester people for a full uh, floor vote? Uh, yeah, I think that it has a good chance of getting oh, yes. out of committee. Hmm. I, I do. Uh, and I'm so excited. I'm actually, if there's one bill that I'm going to testify on in this session, this is the one. Uh, I am so sick and tired of all of the whining. Educate the, the biggest thing that I've heard everyone's so terrified of is, oh, but if if you allow people to run, then the progressives aren't going to get elected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the point. Yes. You get a gold star, Jimmy. Excellent work. Back to the back of the classroom. Why are they afraid of the transparency? Well, because a lot of these school board members, uh, which are locally registered Democrats, are going to have to register to run as a Democrat because the local Republican Party or the local Libertarian Party is not going to recognize them. And so people will show up to the ballots and they're not going to vote in Karen, who's voted for 862 progressive policies. What a shucky darn shame. Uh, Tony Kennett's our guest. Find him at thedailysignal.com. I'm surprised you're optimistic about this because the Republicans usually when the angry red-shirted teachers show up, they crawl under the desk, they apologize for having ideas, and this seems like one that they will definitely show up if indeed the bill gets some sort of momentum. 
Oh, yeah, they'll show up. But I got to tell you, I was sitting in the education committee in the House yesterday, and I was watching uh, Representative Goodrich go at it with uh, Democrat Representative Delaney. And Delaney kept whining and crying and bleeding like a poor little lost sheep about how everything was going to fall apart and he was going to die. And Goodrich was just fed up with him, just done. And he's like, no, that amendment's stupid. No, that amendment's also (laughs) stupid. No, we're going to go ahead and pass this through. And I loved it. I was like, man, if it has taken just the constant refrain of nonsense to actually get a bill or two in education through, good for them. With every passing year, the Indiana Democrats show themselves to be more foolish than the previous. Yeah, before I let you go, you know, Casey and I were talking about this the other day. You know, Tony, on the show, we give people nicknames if they've earned their nicknames. And, you know, angry red-shirted teachers, some people get offended by that, saying I'm being mean to the teachers or whatever. You are at the State House. You see these people. You're around them. I feel like angry red-shirted teacher is a pretty accurate assessment. I've helped 200 teachers, over 200 teachers now, the number is actually 209, leave the Indiana State Teachers Association. I've helped them take off the red shirt and put on anything else. Mm -hmm. And what I have learned is that the vast majority of Indiana teachers are not like the frothing, bleeding animals that come to the state house. And I do mean the word, I mean like pet shop. You walk into a pet shop and everyone just starts barking and it's insane. These are the teachers. And by the way, most teachers at their schools do not like these teachers either. <laughs> that we I, roll our eyes when they leave the room we're in. Uh, Casey, I can't think of a better way to go out. Uh, would you like to take us to break? I well, I'm thinking maybe we should rebrand it to misinformed, angry red shirt t-shirts. <laughs> uh, before we go, Tony, really quick, tell us what's going on in Pendleton. Oh, tonight there is a school board meeting at the South Madison Community School Corporation at the admin building at 7 p.m. Uh, over Kathy McCord, the counselor. Uh, who uh, might be fired for leaking the school's hidden transgender support plan. Uh, I'll be there. If you're in the area, you should come to help us hold Dr. Hall and the rest of the school board accountable because this is despicable. All right. See, think about this, Casey. Not only can you go promote a g- good public policy, which is this counselor not getting fired, but you could also get Tony Kennett's autograph in the same place. <laughs> Rob, you're ridiculous. <laughs> and sell it for lots of money. All right. Tony Kinnett, dailycaller.com. That's where Daily you can, Signal. Daily, Daily, Signal. Daily Signal. That's where you can find him. DailySignal.com. Uh, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning, 17 minutes after 10. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Trending this hour, Dr. Phil. The talk show host has said he will end his daytime TV run after 21 years. Also trending, Swenson's Drive-In. Now, you might recall we talked about this a week or two ago. It's a new restaurant known for their fresh grilled burgers, hand-spun milkshakes, and crispy sides. I I drove past the Swenson's. Okay, the new location in Avon, right? Yes, I drove past there the other day. It is not officially opened yet. Correct. Uh, It's going to be in front of Costco next to Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Uh They plan on opening Monday, February 6th at 11 a.m. 
I'm a little disappointed that we as local celebrities were not invited to some sort of ribbon cutting opening thing <laughs> where we would receive vast sums of free food to sample. Mm-hmm. I got I got to tell you Swenson, I'm a little disappointed. Also trending is rent in Indianapolis. This new report from House Canary says the Indianapolis metro area saw a rent increase of about 30% last year and that is the highest in the entire country. So here's the little dealio on that, Casey. If you're a person who's concerned about your rent, buckle up, Bal, because you're going to end for a problem. Because when the rent, when the property taxes go up, mm-hmm. the, the landlord doesn't eat that, right? Mm-hmm. So in the case of property taxes in Indiana, if you're a renter, you actually pay more in property taxes because you pay 2%. Your your property, your rental property is capped at two percent, mm-hmm. versus your if you own a home, it's capped at one. So when property taxes go up, or <laughs> when assessments go up, mm-hmm. property taxes on that basically double. So good luck. Yeah, the report said that the average indie rent rose four hundred dollars over the last year, despite most cities across the country seeing a decline. Welcome to Indy. 19 minutes after 10, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and the White House. Chief of Staff Ron Klain announced earlier in January that he was stepping down and former healthcare executive Jeff Zients is announced to be his replacement. Well, Klain had a big goodbye last night and he made some comments during the transition event <laughs> with his replacement. He said some stuff that, wow. Let's just play it. I know. I know. I, I, I don't even want to say the quote. It's just best if it comes directly from Ron Klain. I learned everything I know about how to be a good father from Joe Biden. He is the best father I know and the best role model I know. And along the way, he's taught me a thing or two about politics and policy as well. So, Casey. I can't. I can't. Uh, let's, let's play it Can again. Can we play it again? Let's play it again. And you tell me if you didn't know it was 100% real, whether you could decipher if this was legit or Saturday Night Live. Go. I learned everything I know about how to be a good father from Joe Biden. He is the best father I know and the best role model I know. And along the way, he's taught me a thing or two about politics and policy as well. <laughs> Do you like how he switched? I mean, he's the best father I know, too. And he also taught me policy. How did he change that quickly? If he you, went from blubbering to policy. If you were to say the one thing <laughs> you would not address about Joe Biden right now, given the position he's mm-hmm. in or potentially in, mm-hmm. his loser kid, Hunter Biden. I, I, and he goes right. I mean, Joe... Joe I, who would look at Hunter Biden and go, Joe Biden did a phenomenal job with mm-hmm, Hunter. Mm-hmm. What what an upbringing. What a, just a great job. You know, Shel Silverstein should write a book about Joe and Hunter Biden. I mean, it has been, I mean, and there, I, I don't, I'm a, rarely at a loss for words, Casey, but I just, I kept watching that clip over and over and over and over. Were you looking for the punchline? Well, you wanted to know if it was a joke? It's, what's that show where the three guys, they're in the background and the one guy's got the earpiece in and they're telling uh, Impractical Jokers. Mm-hmm. Where they're, where the, if you've never seen oh, the right. show. Giving them somebody else the line. Yeah, there's like, there's 
three or four comedians, and the one comedian has to go out, whether it's like at a bookstore mm-hmm. or a gas station or whatever, and the other three comedians have a camera on him, and they're telling him what the to things say. to say to, to try to solicit the most uncomfortable responses possible from the, the, the people in the, the store. Like, this is... This, like a t- somebody has to be in Ron Klain's earpiece right. saying, say the most ridiculous. Say this. Say this. Uh, let's remind everybody, <laughs> Joe Biden, the best father I know, uh, his son, Hunter Biden, currently under federal investigation, has been since 2018 for possible violations relating to tax and foreign lobbying, false statements, and a whole lot more. Hunter has denied fathering a child, has been ordered to pay child support following a DNA test proving, in fact, that he is the father of the child. Hunter, as we've seen on the laptop from hell, doing drugs, engaged in prostitution. Oh, and Joe Biden has lied about how his other son, Bo, died. Yeah, great dad. And look, your adult son, hey, at some point, look, you're not responsible for your adult son, unless, of course, you're in financial cahoots with them and mm. your son is getting jobs at various various foreign entities because of who you are and you're getting kickbacks based on that. But anyway, uh, the fact that Joe Biden has totally refused to acknowledge he has a grandchild, Mm -hmm. that is the most telling thing about Joe Biden, that Joe Biden will never say the name or acknowledge the grandchild that Hunter had with the stripper. Look, no matter how a child is conceived, the child is special. And whether it's in wedlock, out of wedlock, with an heiress, a stripper, or whatever, that grandbaby is yours. And the fact that Joe Biden is such a scummy person that he will not acknowledge that kid, that is everything you need to know about Joe Biden and his parental instincts. It's uh, Ken Ellen Casey on 93 WIBC and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said he and President Joe Biden, the best father ever, had a very good discussion on how best to handle... Uh, raising the death ceiling. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Kevin McCarthy said an opportunity here to come to an agreement. There's an opportunity to come to an agreement. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to play you the Kevin McCarthy audio and tell everybody after we hear the audio why you should be super concerned. I know you. I know you all have a job to do. But I don't think we'll come to an agreement if I negotiate with you. I think the respectful way to do it is to talk to the president as we did right now for more than an hour. We both walked away. We have different perspectives, but we both laid out some of our vision of where we'd want to get to. And I believe after laying both about, I can see where we can find common ground. I think the American public would appreciate that. And we, look, I've been very, I've been very clear. The current path we're on, we cannot sustain. We've got to change the directory to put ourselves on a path to balance. How we get there will be our discussions. Okay, first of all, the difference between me and Joe Biden is not perspective. It's Joe Biden serves, maybe unwillingly now, I don't know, he's mentally so shot, who knows. But the reality is his policies serve the bidding of a bunch of lunatic leftist Marxists who hate this country, who want to see this country burned to the ground and built back up in an image they see fit. That is not perspective. That is a different view of America and what it means to be an American. That is not perspective. That scares the hell out of me, number one. Number two, you cannot find common ground with the people who I just described. And the fact that Kevin McCarthy believes he can find common ground with that Mm -hmm. also really gives me pause for concern. But then again, 
I didn't vote for Kevin McCarthy 15 times, so I don't own whatever he does. Jim Banks voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 times. And he owns whatever he does. So the debt ceiling sits at $31 trillion. It was reached nearly two weeks ago. The meeting that Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden had lasted for more than an hour. And McCarthy said that the debt is the greatest threat America faces the greatest threat. So in the current debt problem, it's, you know, because we've had generations of spineless politicians who've just been kicking this can down the road. And the longer they put off dealing with it, the more painful it's going to be. And here's what's going to happen. The Republicans are going to cave. They're going to screw you as an American. They're going to get something small and claim that it was some major victory, but it's not going to be anything that actually solves inflation. It's not going to actually solve entitlements. It's not going to actually solve the national debt. This is what the Republicans always do. This is who Kevin McCarthy is. There's a reason Mitch McConnell was all in on Kevin McCarthy. This is what's going to happen. And so it may be a week from now. It may be a month from now. It may be two months from now. But we're going to come on here. And as we usually do, Casey, we're going to have to do our least favorite part of the show where we tell everybody how right we were. (laughs) So the president, Joe Biden, the best father ever, (laughs) told McCarthy that it is a shared duty to not allow a default on the nation's debt. Okay, so right. That's his job. So right. So who said, repeat that again? The president told McCarthy, he made it clear to him Uh that it is the shared duty to not allow a default on the nation's debt. And did Kevin McCarthy come out and say, I pushed back on that and say, no, my job is to serve the American people and get spending under control. And the only way to do that is hold the national debt over your head. No, he said there's common ground. Uh Uh-huh, perfect. I'm done here, Casey. Voicemails (laughs) are coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444. That is the phone number. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, we do appreciate hearing from you. It's 1032. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. One of the great mysteries of this show is that we have a super fan named Gert. (laughs) That is a mystery. And we don't know a lot about Gert. Mm Mm-hmm. But our audience has become pretty intrigued with Gert. There are people who think Gert is uh, just a sassy old broad. I'm mm-hmm. in I'm in that camp. Yeah. There are people that think Gert is a young person impersonating an old woman. Yeah, we've got a conspiracy theory going on well, around I, Gert. I, you know, and Kevin has known has corresponded with Gert for years because she's calling Home and Garden all the time, right? Yeah, but this conspiracy is really freaking me out. What do you now, think, Kevin? I mean, I've always believed that Gert was. You know, an uh, elderly woman. Yeah. Uh, but now I've heard that it's a younger person impersonating, well, and it's, uh, yeah, it's really messing me up. Okay, but I could get why she might do it with <laughs> this show, because we've kind of egged it on, and mm-hmm. I don't, let me be very clear, I don't care at this point. I'm, I'm, I have enough fun with whoever Gert is that I don't care whether she's a, a sassy old broad or a young person pretending to be a sassy old broad. I don't, yeah, I don't, don't care. Judge. But why would you fake that on the Home and Garden show? Yeah, that, that seems like that would take a lot of commitment to call in every Saturday. Yeah. And- Very good, Kevin. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's yeah. a big commitment. But here's the thing with Gert. I don't care whether she's real, she's faking it. <laughs> I, 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 I can't get enough of it. And uh, so we try to put Gert on whenever she calls. Here's some more from Gert. Hey, Rob, Casey, and Kevin. This is Gert. I have a couple of comments. First of all, <clears throat> Rob, I can barely talk this morning. <laughs> Um, 
Peanut is my dog. Kevin was absolutely correct on that. Good memory, Kev. Now, my comment, I just heard your list of rock and roll, Hall of Fame, potentials, whatever. I am the biggest, or close to it, Willie Nelson fan since the 60s. I loved him then because he didn't give a damn about what people thought. Still doesn't. But it's incredible that he's even still alive because he will be 90 in a couple of months. That why he's on the rock and roll Hall of Fame potential list beats me. I uh, love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> she's real. She's got to be real. Yeah. There's no way she's faking that. <laughs> no, she's not no. faking that. There's no way. I, you know what? I, I don't know how old Gert is, but she reminds me of talking to my mom. Yeah. So we love Gert. Yeah. All right. Uh, as we talk, do we, do, we, do we want to address the Willie Nelson thing at all? What about Willie Nelson? Well, I mean, that's why she was calling. Well, to give her opinion about him. You being... love Willie Nelson. I do. I and that's do. Fine. I, I like that redheaded stranger. Yeah. I like his music. He's, you you're, know, you're entitled to, you know, what? And I know you had a, I don't know, intimate moment wouldn't be the right word, but you had a moment <laughs> with Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. And uh, unlike Kevin, we're not going to blurt that out loud. Uh, what that might moment might have been because this is a family program. And yeah. We promote good habits on this show. Well, I've been thinking about this because we've been going back and forth about the Rock and Roll Hall of yeah, Fame. Right. Willie, Willie Nelson, not Rock and Roll. Right. Willie Nelson, not Rock and Roll. Last year it was Dolly Parton, sure. right? So should they change their name to the Contemporary Music Hall of Fame? Because Hammer yesterday said maybe it should just be the Music Hall of Fame. Well, then you're going to get into, well, does Beethoven right. and Bach? I mean, how sure. far back do you go? Or here's an idea, Casey. Yeah. Just keep it to rock and roll? Just keep it to rock and roll, right? I don't know. That's just a novel concept. Okay. I don't know that's going to blow well, some... Well, technically... They're not doing that, though, so... If we're just going to keep it rock and roll, I mean, really, rock and roll is, you know, a genre in the 50s, mm-hmm. and that's been uh, the transformed 50s? There was over great time. rock in the 60s. There was great rock in yeah, the but, 70s. But, there was even some troubadours who kept rolling into the but 80s, is that, Kevin. Is what that called about? rock and roll, or is that, you know, like psychedelic rock of the 60s? It's I guess they're rock all, and roll. Yeah, I guess they're all still, kind of umbrella. It's like an umbrella of genres, he, I guess. Here's, speaking of music, here's the hot take I had for Kevin this morning, is that any band that has an opening band mm-hmm. or requires an intermission mm-hmm. is not a band worth seeing. Oh, and I had this because the, the Springsteen tour kicked mm-hmm. off last night, and he went two two hours and 45 minutes, mm-hmm. which is a little short for him, but he is 73 now, and I'm guessing maybe he was just practicing, and he'll be up over three hours pretty it's the soon. the first night. Uh, but uh, if you need an intermission, that's like cheating, right? That's mm-hmm. like you're, you're stretching it out. Oh, he played for, or they played for two and a half hours, or they, uh, they played for two hours. No, because the intermission is usually like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't actually count. And if you're in such poor shape that you can't make it through without taking a break, I'm not parting. I don't really want to part with my money to see you. Well, what if it's a costume change intermission? 
Because a lot of bands... A are costume art- change? Yes, a lot of bands and artists will put on different outfits. What they do need you a, mean they a need costume a- change? Yeah, I'm not going to any shows with costume I mean, like changes. Rod Stewart would change outfits, but the band was still playing as he would put the stuff on Weird Al. Right. Does the stuff, but the band keeps playing. Well, release like, with snaps. Yeah. yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like costume changes are like what Beyonce does. Yeah. Or like it, artists like that. Exactly. Yeah. No, like, I'm not going to those shows. You're not going to go... Have you ever seen a concert <laughs> where the warm-up band eventually became bigger than the headliner. No, but I know like back in the 70s and stuff, that was a pretty common thing, or even the early 60s or mid 60s, late 60s, where the headliner would eventually become bigger. Mm Because obviously at some point, everyone had to be the headliner. Yeah. But there's no one I would see anymore, Casey, that isn't already a super established person. I I saw a rat one time Who? in concert. Rat. <laughs> I saw Rat in concert. That's the name of the band? Rat? Yes, Rat. It's a rock band. Of all the things you could have named your band, band, let's call ourselves Rat. Well, Rat sounds better than Mouse. Well, Poison opened up for them. Uh-huh. And I think the Poison eventually became bigger than Rat. Hard to believe anybody yeah. came, became bigger than Rat. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> um... <laughs> Speaking of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Kevin, we're going to move these around a little bit. I did get, we did get another call about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because we had pointed out how many of these people are not that are nominated. In fact, it seemed like the overwhelming number mm-hmm. of these people are not actually rock and roll people. All right, Casey and Rob, I like listening to your show, but when it comes to music, you guys really, really need to do some research before you start talking about it. You were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame today, and first and foremost, New Order is not a techno band, never has been. They are a subgenre before techno really took off. They're more of a dance band, but they're not techno, and they are a rock band, Rob, according to the Wikipedia and other people, but they're more dance, and I understand why I don't think they should be in there, but New Order had a big impact in the 80s, you really should listen to them. I also understand Styx are a speed wagon, Boston especially, and Foreigner. Yes, they all should be in the Rock and Hall of Fame. I don't argue that at all. I don't know why they keep putting in bands like Tribe Called Quest, which I'm familiar with, but they shouldn't be in there, and neither should Sheryl Crow and some of these other people. But if Eminem's in there, oh my goodness, anybody can get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because Eminem is not a artist in the way of music. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair that uh, throwing the uh, rappers in there is kind of a reach. But right. yeah, I think with New Order and uh, Joy Division, um, I think they kind of had their roots in rock. Blue, okay, okay. Like, New I could New, be wrong. I could but... name one Blue Blue Order song. Blue, Blue Order. <laughs> Blue Monday. Blue, Blue Monday. Monday. You're right. Uh, mm-hmm. Which the presidents of the United States of America or whatever covered that too, mm-hmm. and I think had a moderate hit with that. Anything else? About Can, the Rock and Roll Hall No, thing? no, about New Order. No. That's our Hall of Fame standard. the The average person cannot name more than one of their songs. There's some big uh, New Order fans out there. I mean, I'm I, not. I just be, there's also big fans of that group you went to see the other night, I, in which you were handing out stickers to men in the bathroom. I, I think New Order had a big following overseas. I think on a world stage, New, New Order is one of those bands where I know the songs and oh yeah, that's New Order, but I can't name the titles of yeah. the songs. So yeah, I think that's a fair description. Uh, yeah, we got a call. Of course, we talked with the Tony Kennett earlier in the uh, program about his run-in with the angry red-shirted teachers. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, yesterday we had uh, our buddy Ben Orr on, who's on the Hamilton Southeastern School Board, mm-hmm. and he was laying out to us how political the school board elections already are, and how political the teachers' unions are, and how l- radical left the teachers' unions are. So this idea of, oh, th- there shouldn't be politics in the school board elections. Uh, somebody called about the uh, the teachers' unions. 
Kendall and Casey, listening to Ben Orr here on the radio, he is 100% right. I would love to find out how many teachers in Indiana are actually in the teachers' union. We keep calling about talking about how big bad the red shirts are, keep marching in there, but I think you're going to find out that they're probably about the same 50 to 100 that walk down there and scream and holler and throw their fists in the air. Where I'm from, in the Indiana, from a small school with only about 80 to 90 teachers, there are four in the union. The school to the east of us that has 90 teachers has one. So I don't know how big and bad these folks are, but they need... We need to look in and see how uh, what the percentage is. Well, and this is what we talked about. When you show up, the Republic look, the Republicans that run the state are brutally weak people. They have zero backbone. They only care about getting reelected. And the reason they do what the teachers union tells them to do is because the teachers union, it's why they wear the red shirts, right? Like, it's great. If you get 50 people in a room shouting at you and they're all wearing red shirts and being very aggressive, you got to have really big stones to think, to keep your calm and think logically through it and think, okay, this is all they could get, right? Like 50 is the best you could do. But the perception is, oh, my gosh, there's all these people. And that's why when we don't show up, we being conservatives, when we don't show up, we get defeated. And so you have to start showing up. And whether it's showing up to the state house or writing or calling or whatever, you got to do your part. Voting is not enough because these Republicans are weak people. Senate Bill 188 is what you're talking about. You want to uh, let your legislator know if you are concerned about the, uh, you know, the narrative that's going on in schools and school boards, you want to go yes with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, One more. We got another call. This uh, continues to be an ongoing theme. Call about property taxes. You were talking about uh, property taxes, and then you read the list of what they considered when they raised the property tax. One of them was construction cost. Now, what does construction cost have to do with somebody whose house is already built and they live in it? That's unbelievable that they even said that was on the list. I don't know. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. So we're going to have Rainwater on next hour because I think he, of all the people who have run for public office, has had the best of all the property tax plans as a viable plan. It would actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's very familiar with, with property taxes. Think about that, Casey. Mm-hmm. Somebody built a new home mm-hmm. near you. Mm-hmm. But I'm not building a home. No, but someone built. They are looking for ways to screw you, right? And I'm not necessarily blaming the assessors because, as I told you, by somebody who I know the other day had that long conversation with the assessor's office, and they just straight up admitted to him, yeah, you're getting screwed, and this is a terrible system, Yeah, but it's the system we are obligated to act by. Mm-hmm. You know who sets the system they're obligated to act by? The Republicans Mm -hmm. down the street from us, they know what the system is. The system is designed to screw you. The system is designed to find any way possible to suck as much of your money out of your wallet as possible and give it to Holcomb and the Republicans so they can spend a billion dollars. Well, in this case, it goes to local governments so they can appease local governments. So that the Republicans can appease the school corporations, the angry red-shirted teachers, the other agents of local government who don't want to ever be challenged or get their fiscal house in order. I don't understand why the property tax, it's it's like on a sliding scale. 
you buy the house one time, yeah. you pay the tax one time, yeah. or it's set. Isn't that the way it should be? Well, of course. Why it, is it changing because, from year to year? Because they want to make it so that they can take the money whenever they want. It's why when they when they enacted the tax caps, that was a joke. It's not an actual cap when some it oftentimes unelected person can arbitrarily just go out to your house and go, yeah, your taxes just went up by $300. Yeah. Your neighbors sold their house, so you got to pay more now. It, it, and the Republicans make all the rules and they don't care at all. All right, Hammer's next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. minutes in front of 11 you're listening to kennel and casey on 93 wibc hammers in the studio with us okay so we had the big announcement to start the show today abdul came on said he's running uh for mayor your thoughts i'm here for it i am listen i don't always agree with abdul you know when he comes on our shows on friday you know he and i go back and forth on a number of things but uh if my options are Abdul and Boss Hogset, sign me up for Abdul every single day of the week. And I hope and pray that we end up getting a debate. Like if everybody comes out of their primaries, because mm-hmm. Hogset's got a challenger, Hogset's going to win though. And Abdul's got a challenger. If Abdul comes out of that, we're going to have a Hogset Abdul debate. Yeah. And for the first time in a long time, you're going to have somebody going up against old Diamond Joe that's not afraid to bring the heat to him. And I hope he asks the questions. Mm-hmm. To Joe Hogsett, we've all been wanting asked by the media who have been too spineless and gutless to do it. Where were you? And you two both. Can you prove it? You yeah. two both live in an area in which you can vote for the mayor of Indianapolis. I can't. Kevin can't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you guys obviously look at this a little different than I do. I mean, I look at it from the standpoint of uh, I hate coming to work, not because I hate coming here, but I hate, or this radio station, but I hate being in this city now because it used to be and hammer you know you obviously can speak to this indianapolis not all that long ago still used to be a happening fun place to be oh cool you work downtown Mm -hmm. now it's like ah crap i work downtown and that sucks the thing is when indianapolis is right when you know it's cleaned up and it's safe it is beautiful it is one of the best big cities in all of america everything is connected uh it just feels like home it does but when it's bad, it's real bad. And we talked about the crime numbers of January yesterday. So when you factor in the population difference, Chicago is three times the population of Indianapolis. Once you put in per capita, mm-hmm. Indianapolis is outpacing Chicago for homicides, and it's not even close through one month. So if you're factoring in the population difference, I think Chicago had 44 or 43 homicides in January. If Indianapolis had that same population, we'd be in the 60s. Let that sink in, because we all view Chicago as like the mecca of crime 
right? We always see them up on the news. Chicago had this. Chicago had that. Well, you factor in the population difference. It's more violent here in Indy. Here's one thing uh, that gives me hope with Abdul, because obviously, look, he said a lot of controversial stuff. And, you know, just like I do, sometimes Abdul will do things just to egg people on and just create controversy. And he's having he's laughing hysterically as people are taking it serious. But the fact is, those things exist out there. And the Democrats have already put out that they're digging on it and Mm -hmm. going back way in his past. I like the fact that his response basically has been kiss my ass and I'm more focused on crime and you should be too yeah i i asked abdul a while ago when he was just initially talking about this and i said are you gonna go scrub your social media because people are gonna dig yeah and he said no i'm gonna own it i'm not gonna make excuses if they find something that somebody deems offensive or unlikable whatever that's where i was at that point in my life and now he is saying that why are they looking back at 12 years ago something he tweeted right. rather than addressing the problems that are current, like right. the crime? Right. And it's funny. They'll dig back in Abdul's Twitter account 10, 12, 15 years ago, but they won't go back and ask the mayor right. where you were at for a couple nights of riots. Why haven't you released all of the police audio from the nights of the riots? Where clearly, whoever the sober one that was in charge, <laughs> allegedly, was telling the police to stand down. And and it'll be interesting to see how the media covers a guy who's kind of been one of their own. Look, if, if any of us ran for public office, we're sort of on an island by ourselves because we're openly conservative and liberty and freedom-minded, but Abdul's kind of swum in all the pools over the years, and he's been on these TV stations, and, you know, you don't really associate him with just one thing. Like, if you say Rob Kendall, it's IBC, or Hammer, or Casey, it's IBC. It'll be interesting to see how they cover him because he's kind of been one of theirs. And going back to what we were talking about just a moment ago, the, you know, digging through the dirt and finding all this stuff... If you're a leftist and you're listening to this station right now, this is not going to go well for you. He's not going to apologize. You're not going to make him feel bad because he's smarter than you are. Yeah, He's been a talk show host, a lawyer, and he's smarter than you are. There's nothing that an intern over the city county building, (laughs) the mayor's office, is going to do to make that guy say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It ain't happening. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about something else going on in the city. LeBron is going to be in town tonight. Do we care about that? I think I think we do. Is that a big deal? I think anytime LeBron James comes into your city, whether you like him or you hate him, mm-hmm. and he's one of those dudes where you're pretty much on one of the other right. sides. Very rarely are you on the middle. Um, I think he's worth the price of admission. And you we going? Were, I can't tonight. I, I would love to go. I've seen LeBron before. I haven't seen him with the Lakers, but I've seen him back when he was on the Cavs and uh, playing with the Heat. But you two, Casey what, and Rob, what, what, what hotels he staying at? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but you two both went and saw Tom Brady in the preseason, <laughs> yes. yep. right? Yeah. So I kind of view this as the same deal, right? Tom Brady just retires, but you can say you saw Tom one Brady of, play. if not the greatest of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. LeBron James, you can make the case, is in the conversation yeah. of the NBA's uh, elite. So is he in his prime anymore? No, but I still think he's worth the price of admission. Is he going to play? The plan is Yes. Because he's chasing the all-time points record. I think he's like 86 or something like that points away from passing Kareem. Isn't that weird that we even have to have that conversation? That kind of speaks volumes to what wimps these guys are. Now, we've even got to ask, like, can you imagine, is Michael Jordan going to play tonight? Of course, Michael Jordan. Or Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. Uh, You genuinely have to ask before you pay premium for a ticket, 
is this guy going to play tonight? Right. Unless those guys were legitimately hurt, you know, because Jordan missed a little bit. Bird had a bad back at the end. They were going to play. There was no load management <laughs> back in the day. And again, sounding like the old guy, get off my lawn. That's when the NBA was physical. Yeah. Like you went to the basket. You were knocked on your yeah. ass. Yeah, you were not coming at Dale Davis or Anthony Mason or, or Bill Lambeer yeah. or any of those guys. What's coming up this afternoon? Uh, J.D. Vance, Ohio Senator, will join us. And you, yeah. Rob Kendall, off the rails. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.